0: got a bible reading here from john chapter 15 and starting at verse 18 if the world hates you keep in mind that it hated me first if you belonged to the world it would love you as its own as it is you do not belong to the world but i have chosen you out of the world that is why the world hates you remember what i told you a servant is not greater than his master If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. And chapter 16, verse 32. A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Our
1: speaker this morning is Paul Scott. I pray for you, Paul. Thank you. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are merciful and you are good and that you have a plan for our lives. And Lord, we pray for our speaker, Paul, this morning that uh, indeed you will speak through him. And uh, the things that he has prepared, we pray, are from you and that you'll give him clarity of mind this morning as we ask these things in jesus precious name amen Amen. thank you okay well the subject today is tribulation and it's been great over the last few weeks um i think going through that farewell discourse of jesus i mean if you had to eavesdrop on one conversation which is really what we get to do we get to be in that room what better conversation than that? The Son of God speaking in his final days to his closest uh, disciples. I mean, what an amazing, have you ever thought about what a privilege that is? To be in that room through reading those chapters of what Jesus is saying these last things. He tells them about his relationship with the Father. He says, there's lots of things I haven't told you before, now I'm going to tell you. He tells them about his relationship with his Father. He tells them about the relationship that he will have with them that they they are, he is the vine, they are the branches. He tells them the Holy Spirit's gonna come and this is gonna change things, it's gonna bring truth to them, he'll guide them into truth. And he tells them what he expects them to do and what he wants of them. So really amazing, um, tells them what he expects them to do and what he wants of them. So really amazing um, piece of literature, if you like, but amazing insight. And amongst those things, piece of literature, if you like, but amazing insight. And amongst those things, he said those words that Julia read that might be ringing in your ears in this world. He said those words that Julia read that might be ringing in your ears in this world, you will have tribulation. Christians have tribulation. That's part and parcel of what we sign up to if, uh, as a Christian. That's part and parcel of what we sign up to if, uh, as a Christian. So maybe the first slide... Just to clarify that that's the case that this isn't just uh, something that jesus said he said uh, later on in matthew 24 they will deliver you up to tribulation paul in uh, acts 20 said that he knew that bonds and tribulations awaited him and he said as he went visiting the churches he said through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of god he also um, said that don't be disturbed by these tribulations that was his concern And maybe that's our concern why is this happening to me I'm a Christian he said we're destined for this don't be disturbed this is all a natural part of life John says very interestingly in uh, in Revelation he says he calls himself a brother and fellow partaker look at these things he puts together in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance which are in Jesus So if we are in Jesus, and that's one of the themes of these chapters in John, if we're in Jesus, then we expect the same things that Jesus had. And he said himself, didn't he? If they hate me, and you're united, you're in me, just as I'm in the Father, well, then they're going to persecute you also, or, or you're going to experience tribulation. The word persecution slips off our lips very easily, as if persecution and tribulation are the same things. And I believe, as um, Sean said last week, and Jesus said, your word is truth. I believe they're, they're not mistakes in the Bible, That when a word is selected, it has a particular meaning that the Holy Spirit wants to convey to us. So in preparing this, I thought, well, my talk is withstanding tribulation. What's tribulation? And so I looked up, I think it's 45 times it's mentioned in the New Testament, to get an idea of what the Bible understands to be tribulation is it just persecution is that what it is the word tribulation is an interesting one you might not recognize this but Jesus didn't speak English is anyone not aware of that so the word tribulation is of course an English word and it's taken from a Latin word and something that would have been current at the time the Bible was written and obviously it's come into English because it's a useful word a tribulum was something it was a wooden block with some um, spikes on it and a heavy block that they would put on the grain and it would separate the wheat from the chaff. So already you get the idea. <clears throat> when the translators were translating, they used this word tribulation, it involves some kind of pressure and difficulty. The Greek word is this word flipsis and it means to press, squash, to hem in, to rub or to press together. So think about that this is the biblical word this is the word that john used when he wrote this when he wanted to convey jesus words to press squash hem in rub press together to be crushed by intense pressure it can be difficult circumstances suffering or trouble coming from without and note that it doesn't it's not mild discomfort it's a serious thing great difficulty and in scripture This philipsis is most often used of outward difficulties but is also used of emotional stress and sorrows which weighs down a man's spirit. So it's pressure. Think of pressure. Think of being hemmed in. Think of having nowhere to go and just feeling yourself gradually squeezed either externally or internally. So um, I'm going to look at three things today. I'm going to look at what is tribulation. I'm going to look at the fact that we're destined for it then what's its purpose why is it there and thirdly how we deal with it so joseph is a, a good example this is in genesis chapter 42 this is the next slide uh, this is where this word flips, flips this is used the words translate distress there but it's tribulation this is the same word and this is the case when joseph uh, joseph's brothers were talking about what had happened with joseph you know the story about joseph being taken by his brothers they were going to kill him then they decide to sell him off but it's they said to one another surely we're being punished because of our brother we saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life that's what that word flips us so this is an intense feeling imagine how he felt imagine how joseph felt this distress he's either going to be killed or he's going to be taken away that's the feeling so it's either pressure from without or pressure from within think of jesus Did he experience tribulation? Slipsis? He did. He had it externally because his reputation was trashed and it was manhandled and they wanted to throw him off a cliff and then eventually they tortured him and killed him. But then also think about the agony in the garden where Jesus is sweating drops of blood and saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's the idea of tribulation. Pressure from without or pressure from within. So the next slide, what constitutes tribulation? So we've said physical persecution is part of that. So in Second Corinthians he says we don't want you to be unaware of our tribulation which came upon us in Asia. And if you read through uh, Paul's experiences you'll know that it was uh, some great external pressure. Open your Bibles, this will be the only time probably you'll open your Bibles because the rest are up on the screen, to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Where Paul describes the particular tribulations. It's kind of a summary of what he'd been experiencing. From verse 24. Oh, not from verse. Oh, yeah. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've spent in the deep. I've been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, danger in the seas, in the sea, on the sea, sorry, dangers among false brethren. I've been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. That's tribulation, isn't it? That's a pressured existence. Can you imagine the pressure that Paul felt in all of those situations that he received? So tribulation, persecution, yes, persecution is tribulation. But not all tribulation is persecution. Because notice what he goes on to say in the next verse. And besides this, he said, apart from such external things, there is the daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches. Again, tribulation... Not only did he have external pressure, but he had internal pressure. Why? Part Well, obviously, clearly because he was in Jesus. And the very thing that Jesus said, I want you all to be one as I am one, means that he had concern for people beyond himself. That's a challenge for us in a world where, even as Christians, we can have a very myopic view of our own salvation. It's all about us. We're going to be with Christ. He's going to solve our problems. We're going to live this life and then we're going to be with Him. Well, Jesus, in those chapters in John, invites us to look around and say, We're all part of God's family. And if you love other people, if you love your brothers and sisters, as Jesus said, as I have loved you, we're going to feel pressure too. We're going to feel concern. Look at the person next to you in the row. Maybe that's the person you'll feel concerned for. Maybe it's someone that you hear about in Africa or Asia you're going to feel concerned for them you're going to feel tribulation because you really care about those people and that's clearly what Jesus said in mind let's flip through the next slide so emotional distress uh, is clearly involved with that too something else uh, again which is involved if we really care about our brothers and sisters another form of tribulation again this word flips us see how Paul uses it here on the next slide 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4. Now, here Paul had written to these brothers and sisters, this church in Corinth, and he was concerned that there was something wrong going on and he had some quite strong words for them. This is how he relates. He said, Out of much tribulation and anguish of heart I wrote to you with many tears. That's phlipsis, That's tribulation. So, not so that you would be made sorrowful, sorrowful But you might know that uh, know the love which I have especially for you can you see the tribulation as a Christian it's not just all about persecution we'll have tribulation as maybe we have to say something to a fellow Christian that's hard for them to take that's probably not what we think about as being tribulation but that's important part if we love each other as Christ loved us because Christ said some hard things to his disciples sometimes He said them because he loved them and he wanted them to draw close to you. So it's a really good thing to think about in two ways. One is if somebody comes to you and they they, uh, maybe are faltering as they say it, but they say something to you that's very challenging and very difficult for you to hear. Is to think about that's what God's design is, that we love each other that much that we're willing to put ourselves through that tribulation in order to broach something that we think is really important. Think about that and think about your responsibility to others too. Maybe you're the person, maybe you see a person walking in a a bad direction and you think that's going to lead to trouble or that's going to cause problems within the church community or I can see that's going to affect other people badly. Take the courage Put yourself through tribulation to save your brother and to help your brother. Another one which uh, would be unusual to many, this word tribulation, it's quite interesting. Uh, I'm sure um, Rob Train's very familiar with word studies. That's what this is. This is taking a word from the Bible and just working it through, looking at the way in which it's been used in various Bible books and getting an understanding of what that word means because we would never think of it in this um, context this is the next one if you marry you have not sinned and if a virgin marries she has not sinned yet such will have tribulation flips us in this life and I'm trying to spare you that doesn't instantly come to mind does it? when you think about Jesus word tribulation marriage well we know that uh, marriage in itself can have difficult times it can be pressure at various times but in, uh, and I guess that's part and parcel of what it is because when you marry when you're a single person you have concerns for yourself generally when you take on another person you double that concern and so that other person might be going through some difficulty you feel it because you're a married couple and so you may be distressed on their behalf in fact many times it's a lot harder for us to see someone else go through a difficulty than to see ourselves. there can be tribulations what about a situation that we've seen many times two people marry who who don't know christ one of them finds christ loves loves him with all their heart that can cause tribulation in a marriage it's a it's a a difficult a great difficulty can you imagine that can you think of people in that situation where you really love christ you'd love this person to know jesus like you know him And they won't, they're resistant to him. And the things you want to share, the things that are welling up in your heart, you really want to share with the person that's closest to you. And you can't. That's tribulation. That's what some of our brothers and sisters are going through. It's not physical persecution, but it's tribulation, internal pressure. What about a worse situation? What about a situation where you've married a Christian? Fantastic. Marrying in the Lord. And that partner of yours loses their faith. This is not what you signed up for. This person you thought was going to be the person that's with you in lockstep and with Christ. And marriage is going to be wonderful. And this person has lost their faith completely. Maybe antagonistic antagonistic to the faith. Can you imagine the pressure in that situation? I um, asked someone earlier this week, uh, he's in that situation what that feels like this person said i got to the place where i felt everything was lost i felt powerless and out of my control i was forced to look at god and i remember praying to god and saying if you still care about me you'll need to help me keep moving and providing me with a way to do this life that you give me that's flips isn't it pressure Great emotional pressure. Add to that children. If you're a married person, often what comes along are children. Anyone experience pressure in bringing up their tribulation in bringing up their children? Yeah. And especially, again, we're looking at this from a Christian perspective. You've got children and you want to bring them up in the understanding and knowledge and have a relationship with Jesus and one or two or three of them don't want to go that way and they take a course that you see is going to lead to endless trouble and the thing that you most want for them is to know Jesus and you don't know how to do it and you're praying to God that is tribulation that's what Christians uh, can expect and and happens and it happens uh, in this church there are people in this church that feel that and have felt that and that's a daily thing Okay, there are just a few um, different ways in which we can go through tribulation. Why does it happen then? We're Christians. We're in Christ. Christ wants the best for us. Why do we have tribulation? Next slide. Okay. Tribulation exists. Firstly, um, I guess, you know, we said that tribulum, it separates the wheat from the chaff. That pressure b- brings a separation, brings something good. Um, the Bible tells us in Matthew that there are different types of soil. It talks about a rocky soil. He said, these are people who have no firm root in himself, but it's only temporary. And when tribulation or persecution, notice they're differentiated, tribulation or persecution arises because of the word immediately falls away. So it's a test. God wants his people who really love him, not in just the good times, but in the difficult times, people who are committed to him, who love him. And so when persecution comes, it separates those who are really only out here for a good time. Maybe enjoy the people, maybe enjoy some of what they hear, but if it costs them something, they're going to let that go. Secondly, it produces things. Tribulation does things. uh, Next next one, Kath. It produces perseverance. This is something that is very highly regarded in Scripture, perseverance. Paul says, uh, we exalt in our tribulations knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. That's an amazing thing to say, isn't it? I exalt in it. If it brings about perseverance, man, bring it on. Perseverance is a really valuable quality. He talks about people um, persevering in tribulation, being devoted to prayer. He said, we speak proudly of you among the churches of God for your perseverance and faith in the midst of your persecution and tribulations plural which you endure and again in Revelation John says he's a partaker not only in the tribulation but the kingdom and the perseverance which are in Jesus so Jesus will assist us and help us to persevere but clearly perseverance is something that doesn't come unless we have trial I'll tell you what happens in trial in trial everything is stripped bare Everything is stripped bare. I think that person said, I was drawn to turn to God for help and learn that God had this situation. You're stripped of all your resources. I remember in a a situation that I was in, it was like, well, you lose everything. So let's imagine, in my case, it was, uh, I miss uh, loss of livelihood, loss of family, loss of reputation, loss of friends. And when you anticipate that, and I see Lynn nodding over there because she's been through the same experience, uh, what are you left with? You're left with God. Are you worth it? Are you worth losing all these things? And so God's importance, uh, it, it's, it's like a melting pot really. It separates out the chaff, if you like, of your life to say, this is the most important thing, to know Jesus, to be in relationship with him and nothing else matters. And then you go through that trial and you see that, yes, it is only God that matters. And you see that you do get help from above. And so before you have a trial, it's theoretical. I'm sure God will help me when I face this trial. But when you've been through a trial, a tribulation, you know he will. You've experienced it. And then when you reach the next trial, maybe it's a bigger trial. But you've got that behind you. And so this quality of perseverance and faith is being built up to I know God's there. I know he'll look after me. And I know whatever happens, he'll be there. I trust, she says, he knows the end of the story and will provide what I need to get through. That's what this person learned through tribulation. I trust. Perseverance is an important part. when it only comes through tribulation. Secondly, the Bible promises us that it produces joy and peace, which seems really, really strange. The Bible tells us that God comforts us in our tribulation. Paul says, I'm filled with comfort. I'm overflowing with joy in our tribulation. Notice what he says in 2 Corinthians when he's talking to the church. He says, in a great ordeal of tribulation, their abundance of joy and deep poverty overflowed. What a strange set of words. What an oxymoron. Is that a typo? Abundance of joy and deep poverty. That's what happens when we're under trial. Joy is provided as we follow the course that Jesus did. Jesus, Jesus suffered, and his followers will suffer, and there is joy in that suffering that Christ will bring, and care that we will never experience before because we've never put ourselves in that position before. We've never only had to trust in God. And then that joy works out, it says, in the wealth of their liberality. These are deeply poor people and yet their liberality, overflowing in liberality towards others. Why? Because they're in Christ. It's the John passage again, in Christ, loving one another as Christ has loved us. And so they're not considering themselves, they're saying, what can we do for those people in Jerusalem? our brothers and sisters down there we're poor but we can pull something together we can send some money with Paul to help them out that's what happens through trial joy and peace and experience care from him what's the next slide remind me how do we deal with tribulation we know that nothing will separate us from Christ don't we And amongst those things that it says, death and life and things here and things to come, it says tribulation. Philipsis will not separate us from the love of Christ. That's a great place to start, isn't it, in dealing with tribulation and trials that they come. It can never separate us from Christ. Whatever else you lose, you can be separated from family. You can be separated from your finances. You can be separated from your health. Nothing will separate you from the love of Christ. That's what we remember as we go through trial. So the first thing is to recognise its temporary nature. Paul says, and think about five times he said, I, was, I got 39 lashes. Think of how painful that would be. Think of how long that would take. 39 lashes. They don't go whack, whack, whack. They take a lot of strength and they put a stroke against your back. And they wait for that to really hurt. And then they go for another one. Think of that. Think of what he experienced. He describes it this way momentary and light tribulation yeah the shipwrecks yeah the beatings momentary and light tribulation momentary light tribulation because that's his perspective he realizes that this isn't something that lasts forever even if it lasted the rest of your lifetime it's only temporary because we have eternal life through Jesus Christ our life is not 70 or 80 or 90 years whatever it is it is eternal through Christ anything we experience in this life is temporary that's the way we deal with trial In Revelation 2 it says you'll have tribulation for 10 days it's limited in Revelation 7 people come out of the great tribulation it doesn't last forever in Acts 7 we talked about Joseph what happened in Joseph's life was he in tribulation forever no it says God rescued him from his tribulations and put him in a place where he was able to assist his family and in fact the nation of God and we know how that story of the Bible goes. God has a purpose in tribulation, we need to recognize that this is a temporary thing and we have the care and love and joy that Jesus Christ will give us and we're following his will, we're destined for those things. That's how we deal with tribulation or how we start to deal with tribulation not only is temporary look at the next slide that's baby Rory by the way who was born yesterday so congratulations to Jordan and Jasmine a beautiful baby Jesus said in John chapter 16 verse 21 whenever a woman is labor she has pain because her hour has come but when she gives birth to the child she no longer remembers the tribulation the flips because of the joy that a child has been born into this world. I can testify to that yesterday. It probably only did take an hour, according to Jasmine, that, that very short labor. But I can tell you her joy was in that baby. Her joy was on the product of the labor. It wasn't on the labor. And the fact, you know, if, if that wasn't so, every family would only have one child but the wife forgets and she remembers the beauty and she remembers what's coming forth and that is that beautiful baby is is such a reward look what paul says let's look at his words again the second uh, verse there from momentary light tribulation is producing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison look at the contrast he's making momentary with eternal light with a weight of glory beyond all comparison you see we get through another way we get through tribulation is to recognize and to cast our minds on what jesus has said and on his promises and on the reality of our life in him because jesus said remember in me you'll have peace in the world you'll have tribulation in me you have, that's where peace is in knowing him and it doesn't matter about what happens to us hear the glory which is to come. Paul says in Colossians he rejoices that he can fill up what is lacking in Christ's tribulations. Commentators have different views about what that is but clearly from my understanding what Paul is saying is there's a lot of tribulation that's going to happen uh, through Christ and through his followers. And there's going to be, at the end, there's going to be a full load of that. And then we'll enter into the kingdom. He said, I'm doing my bit. I'm suffering those tribulations because I'm looking forward to the glory which is to come. And, And again, when writing to the Thessalonians, he said, don't be disturbed by it. You're destined for this. What is our destiny? Keeping our mind on the future. Keeping our mind on the glory. These things of the earth will grow, in the words of the song, strangely dim. Strangely dim because we're heavenly focused. We're focused on the truth. That's the reason why Jesus said it. He said, I tell you these things, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will definitely have tribulation. They had tribulation. But in me you may have it. May? May because you need to press into him. You need to love him. You need to make him the first thing in your life. So what's the takeaway? All Christians will experience tribulation could be physical emotional spiritual or a combination of all three these events are momentary in light in comparison with the glory he has for us in the future but the lord will use these experiences to refine us and build faith and perseverance in the midst of them he will also provide his peace and joy but these tribulations they're not just to build our christian character or to secure our eternal future But they enable us to do something else this is another benefit of trial which I haven't mentioned but which I'll leave on to comfort others who are going through the same thing next slide and there are more verses on this than just about any other facet of tribulation Paul says that God comforts us in our tribulation so that so that that indicates a purpose doesn't it he comforts us for a purpose what is the purpose that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God that's an important part of trial you can relate to other people and assist other people you see God has concern not just for you but for the person sitting next to you and for another brother and sister of yours who might be in Africa or Asia or wherever else you can comfort others through your own experience I had witnessed to this the other week. There was someone, a visitor that came to church um, and they were a Christian. Very same experience I was talking about. They're a Christian, their husband isn't. And it was getting very difficult. It was clearly, you didn't understand the, the weight of emotion that's involved in that. But then someone came along and I said, well, this person here has been in that experience. She almost leapt out of a seat to ask, well, how did you cope? How, how did you deal with this? You see when someone's been through that experience the comfort that they've had from God they can pass on to someone else. The saddest thing in this world uh, that that I see and have seen over many years is Christians going through a really difficult time and you see and I see this church reacting marvellously to support them and build them up and care for them and maybe physically, spiritually, emotionally in every way and then that person goes away sometimes they don't they have very limited contact with the church and then in the coming weeks and months you see a lot of other people in the same situation that person was in where they need comfort and they need help but that person is nowhere to be seen because they've received the comfort from God and they're content now and they go off in their walk that's not the purpose the purpose is if you've been through a trial to assist someone else who's been with that trial and give them the comfort that God has given to you Paul said to the Philippians you've done well to share with me in my tribulation he said his tribulations were their glory in our distress and tribulation we were comforted about you through your faith so our faith can help someone else under trial James we're very familiar with this verse what is pure and undefiled religion it's looking after widows and orphans in their tribulation in their phlipsis. Paul talks about those who have been uh, made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations, they've ex- experienced that themselves, and partly by becoming sharers with those who are so treated. Caring for others more than, uh, more than we care for ourselves. If there's a takeaway, it's that. We are a family of God, we're to be united in. we're to love each other. Next um, slide, Kath. So if you're enduring tribulation at the moment, and often because this is internal... There may be something, someone sitting next to you this morning that's enduring tribulation, but you have no, no idea. Reflect on the farewell discourse. That's why Jesus uh, had this recorded for us. That's why we're able to eavesdrop into it because these promises of the Spirit and the future and our relationship with Christ and others is what gives hope and faith to us. If that's the case, take hope and heart in the promises and look ahead to what God has got for you, this eternal weight of glory. If you've passed through a trial recently, some tribulation, look around. Use the comfort that God has given you to comfort someone else. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you will have peace. In me you will have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Let me pray. Father, what great and precious promises are so abundant in your word and especially in those final words of Jesus. The victory has been attained. We need fear nothing in this life, not even death itself. And we have the freedom then to serve you in every way possible. So Father, I pray that you would guide us in this. If there are people in this room or on the live stream that are enduring tribulation right now, I pray and ask for the comfort that you promise to give, that you will give them peace in the midst of a really difficult situation, that you will draw them close to you, that you will enable them to have joy as they see their suffering not just as uh, an everyday thing, but as your perfecting work in them, as in following the footsteps of Jesus Christ, what a privilege that is, and as being something temporary and so light in comparison with the weight of glory that you have for us for those of us who have endured tribulation i pray that you would open our eyes that we we concern ourselves with those around us whether they're neighbors or people in our church or our workmates to provide for them the comfort that you have provided to us may you bring us bring to mind to us the ways in which we were assisted and may we assist them in that way We thank you for the perseverance that that gives us and the opportunity to face more trials on your behalf. And we thank you that you've set us up for this at the beginning, that we know this isn't an easy life, but it's the best and most glorious way of life. And we thank you for the the way that you've set that up for us. For those uh, with children who are enduring that kind of tribulation or a marriage partner, I pray especially for them, Father, that you give them the patience and the wisdom required to see this as being a trial that they will will get through, that you will help them through, Uh, please give them the tools to deal with that, Father, and and bring people around to share their own experiences uh, that will assist them. In every way, we have uh, so many reasons to thank you, and we thank you for the ability to get together around your word and to hear your wisdom and to see your promises. We thank you for it all in the name of Jesus. Amen.